Welcome to a special Civil War edition of the Orange mm. and Black and Beyond podcast. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday the 22nd, and it's Civil War weekend for the women's basketball coming up. I'm Brian, class of 1996, with my partner Pete. I am Pete Young. Uh, 1993 for me doesn't get any better in Civil War week, especially no. both the Beavers and the other team are ranked in the top 10 nationally. That's yep. good stuff. Yeah, so let's talk about women's basketball. Um, our Beavers had a split weekend in Corvallis playing Cal and Stanford. Yes, uh, the Northern California teams came to go Coliseum last week. Cal Bears came in 0-4 in the conference, but there's no easy outs in the Pac-12, and they showed mm-hmm. that. Um, Cal hung in there with the Beavers. Uh, score was tied at 17 after the first quarter, and then the Beavers went on a little run of 64-27 to over the next three quarters for the blowout win. But uh, you know, right out of the gate, Cal shot 40% mm-hmm. from the field in the first quarter. Then the Beavers kind of clamped down and held them to 11% shooting in the second quarter. Beavers scored 16 unanswered to get that rolling, and from there on, the route was on. Six foot seven sophomore Patricia Morris had the best game of her young career. She went six for six from the floor on the way to a 13 point night. Also, Taylor Jones continues to serve up more double-doubles than a certain fast food franchise as she went 12 and 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaela Pivik got a little bit of load management, which is good, mm-hmm. um, especially going in a game like this. 10 and 5, but uh, she got a lot of rest in that particular game. Destiny Slocum chipped in her own double-double, 15 and 11 for her. Beaver shot 54% from the floor while Cal only managed 25%. And then the Beavers had a huge rebounding advantage, as you might expect, because Cal missed a lot of shots, yeah. 51-28. But uh, it was nice, I guess, for the Beavers, especially with Stanford coming to town, get a little bit of chance to, to rest. Um, yeah, Michaela some of the play- yeah, exactly. yeah, especially Michaela Pivik. She played a lot of minutes in Arizona. Yeah. So it was good to get some time. So I, I didn't drive down. I watched this one on TV. Well, it was a great team win. Um, I think the team's playing beautiful basketball when they play like that. It's really cool to watch. Um, Jalen Brown from Cal had a really great game, 23 points, four for seven from three. And that's with the Beavers trying all sorts of things on defense to try and stop her. Um, the, what was kind of, what was interesting to me with the the commentators on TV, because they, um, they were expressing surprise that Michaela Pivik and Aliyah Goodman were playing some reduced minute Reduce minutes, but in my mind, I was kind of like, uh, we kind of have Stanford on Sunday. Yeah. We need to. Up by 30, you, you might want to go ahead. Yeah, rest some players here. Um, it was cool to see uh, a lot of players come off the bench. Uh, Maddie Washington had some good minutes. Noel Manon played 10 solid minutes and had this really awesome reverse layup on a backdoor cut. Uh, Jasmine Simmons came in for 17 minutes, scored four points and eight rebounds. Uh, great energy on defense. Uh, and like you mentioned, Patricia. Morris had a career game, um, so it was awesome to see her played. So, so it was a great team win all the way around. Yeah, and uh, Patricia Morris, she got what she got in, I think you said, 14 or 15 minutes only. Yeah, yeah. right. So that's pretty efficient basketball, <laughs> 13 points efficient. in 14 minutes. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, yeah, the net, number three uh, Stanford Cardinal did come to town mm-hmm. near a capacity crowd, about 8,700 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> well, Stanford came in a little bit wounded because they just got taken to the woodshed in the second half against uh, the team from Eugene, they were ahead at halftime and mm-hmm. even early into the third quarter. But um, uh, the green and yellow team pulled away. They won 87-55, and it wasn't even that close, mm-hmm. really. So then the Beavers had the opportunity to take advantage of a staggered opponent after they got kind of roughed up. But then they also had to be wary 
of the Cardinal catching their second win, uh, especially in the second half. You were that yeah. one, at that one, right? Yeah, I went to that game. And it's important to note that Stanford-Oregon game was on Thursday. Right. So they had two days to prepare for the Beavers. Yeah. So, you know, that, and it obviously shows because you, you don't expect Stanford to show up unprepared no, to the game at all. that's so. not their thing. They, yeah. they show up ready to rock and roll. Um, but yeah, I was in the Gill was packed. It was loud. It was really awesome. We did jump out to a quick lead. Um, Destiny had her game of the year. You know, twenty one points in the first half, twenty six points overall, eleven for twenty seven, twenty one shooting, three of seven for threes. I mean, she was just awesome, and yeah. like it's really cool. Like it highlights what a great individual player she can be when she's feeling it. Like she wow. kind of basically did kind of what she wanted. Um, the rest of the team had a hard time getting going. Kennedy Brown had a tough shooting night, but, you know, was just rebounding like crazy with 12 rebounds. Taylor Jones chipped in six, but they were kind of, they were doubling her a lot. Michaela Pivik put in a hard fought 10 points, um, only five rebounds. Which, yeah, for you know, her, that's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, moves her to number three all time rebound on the rebounding list. Um, so another 31 rebounds this year and she'll catch wow. Ruth Hamblin. Who, by the way, was a six, six foot five or still a six foot five post. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Kat Tudor and Elite Goodman had a tough time finding their stroke. Um, so it kind of makes me wonder, I don't know if uh, that ankle twist from a couple weeks ago that looked nasty on television, if that's still bothering her or not, yeah. that you never know. But she was you know, out there playing strong defense. She had several steals. But you know, Stanford, Stanford. Yes, they are. <laughs> they, had, uh, they have a young team, quite a few freshmen, strong sophomores. Um, Ashton Prechtel, 6'5 post, showed off what she can do from long range. Uh, the whole sisters were pretty spectacular. Um, Haley Jones, which is a pretty top rated recruit, had eight points, went down with a knee injury in the second half. So we yeah. wish her well. Um, and then, you know, to me, what kind of was put them over the top was Kiana Williams, who's their junior guard. Yeah. Uh, just through the whole game. She she's just, just cool as the other side of the pillow. I watched yeah, the game on right. the TV, and, and yeah, she just poised poise all, all yeah, day. The whole day, just so calm. Their team was down, up, whatever. She was just the same. And I guess that's what you expect from a player that plays for yeah. Stanford, right? So it was a really tough game. Uh, the only part I would say that bothered me is there are some questionable calls at the end yeah. that um, – you know, yeah, and you want to let them play toward down the end, but yeah, but, but it looked so, like they were letting Stanford play a little bit more than they were. Yeah, letting. like I have no doubt, like calls get missed, that's fine. But it just seemed like down the stretch, it was all going Stanford's way. There's a couple over the back calls that I thought were missed. Yeah, Prechtel went right over the top of Kennedy Brown. Yeah, um, and or and then the the uh, Michaela Pivik situation. Yeah, that where she was all entangled all over up her. and she was just trying to get free, and, and they called her a foul. And then like, um, I can't remember who tripped, and then Destiny Slocum tripped over oh, her, yeah. and then they called a foul on Destiny right. Slocum, and it was just kind of like, uh, it, it, that's really rough. I mean, the game was still winnable even Definitely. with those bad calls, but you know, it just makes it a lot tougher. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think the trend is going to continue. Right, the Pac-12 is just. It doesn't tough, get any easier. It's a tough place to play. Um, watching that team and seeing Tyra Vanderveer, like she called a, t- a critical timeout. Like Goodman nailed a three, and she immediately called timeout. Yeah, right when of, the Beavers went ahead by yeah, five, she didn't hesitate at all. Right, so it just shows you like what a great coach she is, um, how cool she works, and so 
it kind of reminds you, right? Like she has two national championships. Yes. <laughs> She's been in the tournament every year since 1988. Uh, yeah, except for the year when she was coaching right. the U.S. Olympic team where she won a gold medal. So. Right. So I, she kind of <laughs> knows coach. how to coach, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I was thinking about this. Like we talk about what great players the Pac-12 has. Yeah. But you start to look at the coaching and then you're like, oh, like we're in that stage where you're starting to see these mid-season adjustments from other right. teams. And so, yeah, they're clamping down on Michaela Pivik. Yeah, they're clamping down on Taylor Jones because they've watched the film and they're going to put game plans together to yeah. stop them. And we saw that last year when Aaliyah Goodman had really big Civil War game. The next couple of games, they like every Pac-12 team went after her, and so she yeah. she had a tougher time. Right? And right now, while Goodman is still fighting through an injury and yeah. Tudor hasn't found her stroke, uh, the other teams are going to let them shoot and, until they can prove they they're right. going to make it. And and yeah, so you, so and you go you look around and you look at these coaches. So you have Corey Close at UCLA. Yeah, she's unbelievable. Right. Bruins right. are I think number ten, depending nope. on which poll. Right. And she's won almost twice as many games as she lost. One hundred and seventy-two right. at ninety-nine. Right. Ninth year, four straight tournaments. Right. And that's just one of the because we've been talking about this. Probably six or maybe seven teams from the conference are going Should to go be to going. the tournament. Right. But yeah. then the coaching doesn't stop there, right? No. no Arizona absolutely. State has Charlie Ter- Turner Thorne. Yeah. Right. Fourth, fourth, like fourth winning this coach in the Pac 10 slash 12 history. Yeah. Who was her mentor, by yeah, the way? Yeah. Like, look at that, right? Tara <laughs> Vanderveer, right? Yeah. Um, so, again, great coach there. We've already talked about Tara Vanderveer. You can go on and on. Yeah. Uh, um, Hall of Famer, National Championships, right. 12 Final Fours, 25 Pac-10 or 12 uh, championships in her 34 seasons, which means she's won the conference more than she hasn't, yeah. which is ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah. And, and then there's even the young coaches don't have all the, the you know, cachet yet, but Lynn Roberts is in her fifth season in Utah. They got 20 wins last year. Yep. J.R. Payne in Colorado. Buffaloes are playing tough. And yeah. um, they're two and four in the conference, but, but again, no easy outs. Yeah. Look at their non conference right. record, right? Yeah. They were and, coming into conference play undefeated. And coaching tree. I mean, J.R. Payne did play uh, for somebody, in, or not. Uh, uh, she was an assistant, sorry, for right. um, Kelly Graves. Right. Um, Jody Wynn at Washington, only right. her third season. Um, and they had a big win over the Beavers in the Pac-12 tournament right. last right. year. Right. So, and um, she was a player and assistant coach under Mark Track, who's the head coach yeah. at USC. So, again, he yep. knows. He's got some stuff. And then you look at Washington State. They've just, you know, Cammie Etheridge's first year there. Um, she's a Hall of Fame. Yep. <laughs> She's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then we've talked about Adia Barnes at Arizona. She's sharp as a tag. And, right. And, I mean, fourth season as a coach, but postseason last year, they're on their way this year, 21st, right. 22nd, depending on the poll yep. in the country. Came within a breath of knocking off OSU when they were number three. Correct. Um, yep. And they actually played the Ducks really tough, too, for Correct. a good chunk yep. of that game. Yeah. So, and then, of course, um, the coach down the road, Kelly yeah, Graves, Graves. Right? he's having a pretty good run. He's having a pretty good run. Um, and then our coach, like Coach Ruick, right? Again, Final Four, and he took two Sweet Sixteens, a lot of straight you know, four, uh, four tournament appearances in a row, and a lead eight and a Final Four. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> lots of good coaching. Yeah, the Pac-12 uh, is a tough place to play. It absolutely is. And so, you know, let's talk about. You know, one of the things that uh, came up after the loss to Stanford was um, 
criticism. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of online criticism of players and coaches. Really easy to do, by the way. Which is easy to do. But then I was kind of laugh out of that because, like, <laughs> like looked up, you look up how many Division One NCAA right. women's basketball teams there are, and there are 351. Yeah. Right? So 351 head coaches are out there. Yes. And there are 300 plus million people in the U.S. Yeah. So if we call it 350 million people, just, you right. know. To make it even, then one out of every million is qualified, yeah, is qualified to be a head coach, coach at a Division, at a division one, one school. So, yeah. who is like, if unless you were one of those guys, yeah, or girl or women, yeah. coaching those teams, yeah, who are you to say? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's uh, kind of silly. Where's the point of your criticism? Like, if like I've seen online, Aki Hills on, and all she does is say things very positive, but like, yeah. yeah. She probably can criticize something. Oh, definitely. She, she has, coached a program. She has the felts on the right. wall to be able but to do that. Yeah. If you're anybody else, you probably should keep your criticisms to yourself. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, honestly, yeah. goodness, you know, fans were going to second guess things, and it's easy to second guess refs, coaches, but to to be openly critical uh, of a team, uh, of a team and a program that's. Dominant. Top ten in the nation, <laughs> so it's rare of the rare. So the, yeah. of the three hundred fifty-one teams out there, they're in the top ten. Yeah, but you know that's so. that's one of the curses of the internet, I guess, is that it's yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, this week though, this is critical. This is a big this, deal. Civil War, right? This is um, the reason why we're having a special episode. Exactly. It is Civil Both War teams weeks. in the top ten. Yep. And uh, you know, and it's huge in this state of ours. I mean, the late uh, football coach at OSU described the Civil War game as playing for the right to live in the state and mm-hmm. two top 10 teams. And, and let's just face it. The guy at the team in Eugene is on fire right yeah. now. They put up 87 on Stanford after trailing at halftime. So yep. they pulled away to win by 35. Yep. They hung 105 on Cal. And if you think about that, just 105 points in a 40 minute game, that's like Loyola Marymount using UNLV 1990 type scoring. It's just yep. ridiculous. Uh, worst game that they had all season when they lost to Arizona State down in Tempe. They still put up 66, only lost by six points. And of course, the the big spark plug for them is Sabrina Ionescu, um, senior point guard who mm-hmm. would have been number one in the WNBA uh, draft last season, and she will be number one in the WNBA. Uh, you know, put up more do- triple doubles than any player, male, male or female, in NCAA history. So, right. um, and the Civil War is just a special rivalry. Yeah, and she just just passed Gary Payton for most assists in the pack for the for the assist record. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and to become the all-time leading scorer down there, she scored 37 yeah. against Stanford and so, against Cal rather. Yeah, but uh, and it's just a special rivalry. I mean, yeah. it's it's a highs and lows. Football, of course, uh, um, the uh, other team is pretty dominant in the last 20 odd years because um, they had two uh, eight-game winning streaks since uh, the 1970s mm-hmm. when the Beavers actually was a, a pretty even series mm-hmm. and the uh, you know 1983. Toilet Bowl actually stopped one of the winning streaks. And they have a huge marketing arm and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. Men's basketball version, Ben, lopsided in favor of the Beavers. 188-163 uh, all time, which is actually an NCAA record for wins by one team against another just because they've been playing so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that has to do with Slats Gill, Paul Valenti, and uh, the legendary Ralph Miller, the man whose name is on the court. He yep. very rarely lost to the Ducks. Um, so thoroughly dominated in wrestling were the Beavers that the Ducks canceled their program. 
Uh, and then uh, championship envy caused the Ducks uh, to reinstate their baseball program after Pat Casey's Beavers won back-to-back national championships led by uh, players like current Beaver skipper Mitch Canham. Um, so they paid George Horton all this money to come and introduce the program in Eugene. Uh, Beavers went right ahead and won another national championship in, in 18, while the Ducks have been to exactly zero College World Series. But women's basketball, which is uh, what we're dealing with this week, um, back-to-back games, uh, Ducks are on the favorable side of this rivalry, uh, leading this substantial uh, the series by a pretty substantial margin. They've been playing women's basketball since 73. Mm-hmm. The Beavers program was introduced in 76. Uh, recent history, it's been a very competitive series, though. Uh, both teams have had a really good run of success. And back-to-back this weekend, Friday night at the Matthew Knight Arena, which is an amazing facility, ugly floor, but uh, yeah. <laughs> an amazing facility within the Death Star Athletic Complex. Um, and the Beavers uh, will host them in Venerable Gill Coliseum, built in 1949. And that one's going to be on ESPN, right? Yeah, ESPN. The nationally televised game. Uh, just like last year, um, and that was a good that one. That was a Monday night game. Yeah. That was a Monday night game. The Beavers won that one. Um, and, you know, Pac-12, I mean, they're going to send six, seven teams to the NCAA tournament. Uh, but what do, you, what do you think it's going to take to slow them down? Because, like, last year the Ducks won in pretty dominant fashion in Gill. I mean, in uh, in Eugene. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in Gill, the, the uh, Beavers slowed them down and won by five points. And that was just on sheer will. And then Destiny Slocum went kind of nuts. And... Uh, she went for 20 with a couple of key buckets late in the game. And then um, they all they made all their free throws. That's important. Mm-hmm. 100% they shot from the line that night. And then Ilya Goodman was uh, – that was the game you referenced where people started paying attention to her because she went for 22. Yeah. And uh, one thing I think you talked about when the Beavers did lose at ASU, uh, that Michaela Pivik um, – it seemed like it, the players yeah, were kind of it, waiting for it her had to that rescue. feel that like they were just like okay Michaela <laughs> do, what you're, you're, do what you do what you do, do, what you do so, which they like you like you can't do that against this team right like what what you're kind of outlining is that they need to do every like all the everybody on the court needs to do their thing yeah. make their free throws you need to ha- be hitting threes um the best moment i still have the game from last year on my DVR the best moment is um they're coming out of the half and they asked Kelly Graves, you know, what do you got to do to win this game? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. That halftime interview. Yeah. And Kelly, Kelly Graves says, well, we can't let Goodman get open three pointers. She comes out, hits an open, she hits a three pointer, not open like somebody has her face. And they pan the camera to Kelly Graves' face. And the look <laughs> on his face <laughs> is just like, well, oh, God. Like, <laughs> just like so disgusted like that happened. And it was just like, for me, I was like, yes, that was so, such a great picture. Um, but yeah, if the team can move the ball and they shoot well, like they're moving the ball, like I said, like against Cal, where yeah. it just looks like beautiful basketball. Right. And they shoot well and they're hitting their free throws. This, the Oregon State team can beat anybody in the country. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's what it's going to take is they're just going to have to be hitting on all cylinders. And, and then they'll and be. Cat Tudor and Aliyah Goodman need to start getting hot again. Yeah. Like Cat Tudor, I can't remember two years ago, she went 32 or 34. She went off yeah. in Corvallis. Just dri- like I think it was like seven threes or something like just went crazy. Yeah, thirty some odd points to win the game a couple of years ago that went to overtime. But I think you know Oregon State if they're hitting on all cylinders they should be, they ma- they'll match up well. I think we have some size that um, they can throw out Ruthie Hebert that she you know she's her and Sabrina Askew are going to do what they're going to do. You can't yeah. stop them. No, right? But 
you know, we have some sides that may disrupt her game a little bit, which is a little different than what Stanford has. Right. So I think we match up a little bit differently with them. Um, well, and Taylor Jones and, and Kennedy Brown, I mean, they can, yep. they they have a chance to be the difference, right? And Patricia Morris, like just right, right. So you know, you've got other people who are just their height may bother her at least disrupt the game a little bit and make her change the shot. Um, and then Sabrina is going to be Sabrina, like you know, yeah, she, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> to me, the tough matchup is going to be Satu Sabali, mm-hmm. you know, because I think she's a player that puts them over the top in terms of if you can't match, you know, here there you have a tall, lanky, mm-hmm. long player that can shoot the three. She can drive the lane. She can post up. Uh, you know, what do you do with that? Like that's yeah, a really tough matchup for anybody, and I think she's another one that. If she goes, if she has a big game, it's going to make it's going to be a long night for the Beavers, I think. Yeah. Um, so well, it'll be interesting. I mean, what, what, what do you think, though? I mean, from obviously the Beavers are not. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going to fall off the face of the earth. If no. Heaven forbid no. they get swept. But um, no. what do you think? So, what What do you so, think so, if Coach Ruick would look at the weekend and say, "Well, this was successful because we learned this, this, and this." I mean, obviously the most successful yeah, sweep, like, but that's... it'd be great if we got a sweep. That's that's really tough in this yes. league. In this <laughs> league, I don't care. Like, it's going to be tough to sweep anybody. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, a split, great. Whatever you know, even if it's two losses, I think whatever happens, you know, you have to keep in mind we're you know Oregon State's a top ten team facing yes. arguably you know they've been Oregon I think's been top ranked top four. Since yeah. the start of the year. So yeah. whatever it's going to be. Four being their lowest. <laughs> yeah, right. So whatever's going to happen, it's going to make this team stronger for running into the tournament, which is what Absolutely. really matters to most of us. Well, yeah. Think, and right? for all of the, the teams that are at that level, yeah, that's what this whole Pac-10 reg- or 12 regular season, I'm revealing my age there, uh, but the whole Pac-12 regular season prepares you for um, – tournament time in March. Right. So that's, and so I think it's going to be a huge game. And again, I just, you hope they come out and just play hard and you know, they will and make some shots, make and, some shots and you know, whatever is going to happen, win or lose, you know, they'll carry that forward to the tournament. Absolutely. I'm interested to see, um, what coach Ruick's going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to keep the same lineup that he's kept all year? Is he going to change some things up to give Oregon a different look to give them something that they may not be prepared for? Yeah. Are they going? Is he going? Are we going to see a big lineup like we've seen a lot of the three and four guard lineup this year? Right. Are we going to see a big lineup where you have Kennedy Brown, Taylor Jones, and Patricia Morris in there? Yeah. You know, we haven't seen that yet. I don't know what he's going to do, um, but I think he. These are all things he's obviously going to think about and oh, think yeah. about a different game sure plan and watching a lot of film yeah. and trying to figure out what's going to make the most sense because yeah you know like you said uh satu and sabrina you're not gonna stop them you're not gonna stop them right? <laughs> so you have plans for what they right. just kind of like what happened to the beavers against stanford i mean basically uh stanford took away pivot right for all intents and purposes and um you know and then slocum had to step up and she did great uh, and then it's just going to fall on the other players to to make some shots to fill in the gap, fill in the gap. And I I think that's what's got to be. It's got to be a team win like they had against Cal, where it's just everybody's chipping in points and everybody's got good games, and then we'll win. But you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch the Friday and night and Friday then, night, and then you know what's what'll also be interesting is last year we lost 
new gene. And then, like you said, Coach Rick makes an adjustment, and then we come out and play our good game on now, Sunday. The, so. the uh, Eugene game last year, that one was uh, pretty one-sided, wasn't it? It Is was kind of one-sided. They won, I can't remember by how much, but they won by a decent amount. It wasn't a blowout, but it wasn't a game that we were playing tough in. Yeah, and then and then yeah. the Beavers came out with a five-point win right. at Gill. So. Now, it's this Sunday's a special, like this was talked about online, it's... Sabrina asked one of the the one things her career has not done is she has never won a game in Gill. So knock on wood. Yeah. Let's hope that continues. Keep that alive. Let's keep that alive and she doesn't break that record this year. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Yep. It's tough, tough talk, tough task. All right. Well, so, there is a uh, orange, black, and beyond special edition Civil War sure. week. Oh yeah. man, this is a, this is a great week. And we'll try to get together next week to talk about what happens and keep you all posted. But looking forward to the games this weekend. Yes, indeed. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. <laughs>